Should I pretend to be excited? Yeah, uh, if okay. you would, that would okay. help our Thanks. podcast. Yay! Oh, God, I'm so excited to be here um, in your basement. Yeah, My with basement. no windows. With no I, windows. I feel like this is uh, this is just supporting or enabling other stalkers to get a hold of their fans. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, the other way. No, I mean, I, I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, I feel like I, by me coming here, I'm enabling you guys. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel empowered right now to yeah. like basically go out and kidnap anyone. And yeah, and or just like <laughs> relentlessly message someone on Instagram <laughs> until they finally show up to your basement. That is not a true exactly story what already. And then literally message them daily and be like, when are you what? coming? Out? And then I need to go back and check and see if it was daily. It was I don't definitely it was like not daily. daily every other day. Listening to your BFF podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Jen. And we're about to become your, your best, best fucking friends. friends. And we have another best friend in studio, JDB, okay. that uh, is literally falling apart at the seams right now. Uh, but joining us today, BFF, Neil Reddy. Finally. Oh my God, you guys. Should I pretend to be excited? Yeah. Uh, if okay. you would, that would help our Thanks. podcast. Yay. A lot. Oh God, I'm so excited to be here um, in your basement. Yeah. My with basement. no windows with no I, windows i feel like this is uh this is just supporting or enabling other stalkers to get a hold of their fans you know what <laughs> i mean no, no, the other way no, i mean saying. i think i know what you're saying yeah i feel like I, by me coming here i'm enabling you guys yeah i mean it. i definitely feel empowered right now to yeah. like basically go out and kidnap anyone and yeah them or just like <laughs> relentlessly message someone on instagram <laughs> until they finally show up to your basement <laughs> That is not a true exactly story, Neil Reddy. <laughs> literally message them daily and be like, when are you what? coming? Out? And then I need to go back and check and see if it was daily. It was I don't definitely feel like it was like not daily. Maybe every other day. I'm just saying, I feel like we're enabling bad habits here. Okay. Well, okay. I never. <laughs> I don't know what any of this is about. <laughs> Honestly. Well, uh, Neil Reddy is the the true MVP because uh, I am terrible at recording, apparently. And so literally Neil is recording his own audio. This is like a choose your own adventure. You just get to like, you know, come in here and record your own. I came into the studio and they're like, oh, none of the microphones work. So can we use your computer? <laughs> Thank God he had his laptop. There's what an iPhone done? on top of a cardboard box. That's our backup recording audio. I'll take a picture oh, after we're done. God, this is honestly anyways okay she was like she was like sorry about the mess i'm like that's the least of your problems yeah Uh, well that this is yep anywho um so neil was in town doing a show last night which was really good it Uh, was so a burlesque show i have been waiting (laughs) waiting for that for a long time for neil's burlesque oh my god i was wearing a nice uh, lingerie with some pasties yeah tasseled pasties yeah beautiful they red, were very sparkly. red sequins. <laughs> so <Yes>. hot. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, he was actually doing. Oh, thanks for clarifying because I'm sure <laughs> people were like, "Oh, Neil does burlesque now." <laughs> Listen, I don't. People don't. You know, guys. Know in all been... seriousness, Neil doesn't do burlesque. <laughs> in case you were getting hopeful, don't you think that's one thing I would have capitalized on if after Queer Eyes, like if I did burlesque, that would be like. 
I would have a great platform for you it. Would, you would have fact. a fantastic platform yeah. for it. Yeah, no, you totally would. Uh, do you have any upcoming shows that you'd like to, to promote? While you're here? No, I'm doing, it's, I'm all right. I'm doing shows in Atlanta, and I'm kind of on the end of this run, so I'll be just in town doing shows. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, it was really, it was seriously, was very funny. Um, and your friend, you sound like you're a little surprised by. It. No, I'm not surprised. It's seriously, it was very funny. No, well, <laughs> that's just how I talk. You're expecting. <laughs> I don't have high expectations of anyone or anything. So when something good happens, I am like, wow, that's. And so that's how I sound, the inflection in my voice. But um, it really was, it was oh so God. funny. Seriously, you're a good comedian. You're actually really good. Oh, my God. I don't know. Seriously, Less, listen, those shoes time. are awesome. No, he's got such good shoes. Like both days. His shoes are the best. Two days in a row. Yeah. He's killing yeah. the shoe game. But look, I didn't know. I watched the Queer Eye episode and you were building a, a, an app. Yes. So yes. I'm like, okay, Neil's a software guy. I am a lot of things. Yeah. I, I did comedy before the show. Okay. I did not know that. Yes. Okay. Okay. But stand-up doesn't pay that much. So I, I work on the app and I, I run a graphic design business. Those are my money things. And then okay. we were going to film the episode and they'd already filmed the comedian episode. I was like the second to last episode yeah. they filmed. And so they're like, we can't have two comedians. So like, what do you do for money? That's what I do. I do the app. So. Okay, I literally comedy is like a passion before because you don't really get paid. You know, you just put a lot of work into it. A lot like podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I'm. Well, we talked really about it. It's this funny. Happened. This whole hype. Literally built up to this moment. We have nothing to talk. All to you guys about. wanted was for me to be on the podcast. <laughs> I know. And then when I get here, <laughs> we nothing it's blow a disaster. It. Nothing it's works. A disa- you didn't even <laughs> test anything. I'm we coming here. We were so here. busy yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> But what about the day before and then the day before that? I'm so, I also wear many hats, Neil Reddy. Okay. I am a designer. I am a, uh, what else do I do? Oh, you I sell wine. I sell wine. I, um, you're a mom. There's Sometimes mom. I like to mother no, my you're, child. You're a mom all the time because last <laughs> night we were at the bar. Okay, so we're at this bar called Santa's. They do karaoke. It's a very smoky dive bar that does karaoke. Yeah. yeah. And Jen at, <laughs> One thirty in the morning, decides she wants to make Mai Tais. Not at the bar, but just tomorrow morning. So she pulls out her phone, and she's doing the old grandma phone look where she keeps moving it back and forth. I, she listen, can't, I'm 43. My eyesight isn't what it used to be. She can't see the phone. And then this is the most aggressive move I've ever seen at a bar. She gets a piece of paper and pen and starts writing down the recipe for Mai Tais at the bar. I think Neil actually took a video of it. Yeah, That's she's really writing funny. down... On pen and paper, and I'm like, why don't you just take a screenshot? She's like, because I need the recipe. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, it's easier if I'm at the store, if I have a piece yeah. of paper. Okay, I get <laughs> it. And then literally three ingredients in, she gives up. And you can just see on the paper where mid-word she stopped and just dropped the pen down because she couldn't take it anymore. There was some weird thing that I was like, I will never fucking find that at 9 o'clock Yeah, and she started tomorrow, writing it down so... and then she just oh threw the God. pen down. So it has two and a half ingredients listed and then you just left. And I did. And I was like, I'm done. We have to go home. And we didn't have my ties. I just think it's funny that you were transferring stuff from your phone to a piece of paper. Listen, I was born in 1975. Okay. That's what we did. And you did that in 75. You transferred stuff. I was a baby genius. To papers. 
<laughs> on your computer that filled this whole room? Yes. Okay. Is that weird? You guys don't believe that? She's like, I had an etch a sketch and I would take that and transfer <laughs> it to paper. <laughs> That's it. There you go. I used my light bright and I made words oh, and then I would write this. those toys. <laughs> well, anyway, well, here we are. We have we have my tieless, but that's fine. I, yeah, no, no, my tieless planner. So, tell us a little bit about your time on Queer Eye. I know you hate talking about it. <laughs> I know you absolutely hate it. Uh, it was a TV show on Netflix, and I was on it. <laughs> Episode two, season one, Saving Sasquatch. Yeah, I love. Is it. there anything else you guys want to know? Or is that well, I take issue with the gonna... title, and I'm just going to tell you why. Because Sasquatch is sort of a negative term. Am I right? Like we don't think. Oh, Sasquatch, that's so super hot. Right. Uh, this girl right here thought that, listen, Neil is still very, very good looking. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Neil's a good I was so good looking, a beard and long hair couldn't cover it up. So listen, <laughs> I, the first thing I did, Melissa was like, <laughs> Melissa was like, go watch the new Queer Eye, watch the Neil Ready episode. And I said, okay. And I did. And my gut reaction was, why the fuck did they change this guy's look? He's so hot. <laughs> and then I was like, like I just like the long hair. I love the long beard. I thought it was so, so hot. So I need to know, and I've been wanting to know, like, what were you cool with that? Like, did you say, hey, guys, let's yeah, I want to do this. Yeah, it was kind of a, a long back and forth. Like, I was cool in sasquatch i'm cool too because i used to i used to have longer hair and a longer beard so my hair and beard both went down to my belly button okay and then about six months before the show i cut it before we recorded the show i cut it just because i was tired of it going down i was tired of people touching me honestly because it was so right. long it was like comical and so right. people would just come up right and touch me so oh. i cut it to like my mid where you saw on the show yeah. yes but it was way longer it, i mean it literally went down to my belly button so i called myself the bombay teen wolf and that's where they got. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's where they got the Sasquatch thing from. Is like that because I called myself the Bombay Teen Wolf. <laughs> okay. And so I I was I was hesitant at first because I I liked the long hair and I liked the long beard, but I had a lot of like negative emotions tied up into that hair and beard. And like when before Jonathan cut my hair, we had this long talk about it. Like okay. it was just me and him. The cameras weren't yeah. on, and he's like the sweetest guy in the world. Aww. And we're just sitting there talking. He's asked me what I want to do with my hair and beard. And I'm like, well, I think I want to keep it. I think I want to trim it. He's like, but are you going to maintain it? And I was like, no. Right. And I also talked to him about like one of the reasons I kept the hair and beard for so long was I had it for about eight, nine years. So one of the reasons I kept it for so long was because I was dating this girl for a while. We were in love and we broke up. Okay. I, I start, I, that's when I just started growing my hair and beard out. Okay. We had broke up. It was like kind of to the point where it was on the show. And she said that no one would ever love you looking that way. <gasps> and so I kept it for years out of spite, like to prove her wrong. Right. And so it had like a lot of negative because I wanted to prove to people that it didn't matter how I looked. I still could do things. You know, I still okay, get people I get like that. me. I still yeah, could yeah. do comedy. I could do all these things despite how I looked. And so when I was talking to Jonathan about, you know, I was telling him about, the negative, t- you know, it just, I, I don't know. Then it all dawned on me because that was like the last thing we did because they knew I didn't want to really cut my okay. hair and beard. It was like the last thing we did. And then by the time I was talking to him about it, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, dude, you need to cut your okay. hair and beard because you have, like, you've done this whole week 
of change, like an emotional boot camp. Why are you going to stop here? And it wasn't just like the physical mm-hmm. change. It was like a representation for me. Like this is like your, you could always grow your hair and beard back. I could always yeah. grow it back. Yeah. It was like a, just a change. Like this is like the culmination of everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Me kind of realizing that like I had short hair and, sh- and a shorter beard before and I never, I, I thought I looked Okay, I thought yeah. I looked good, but I never felt good about myself, and that mm-hmm. was like the the difference. Now with short hair and short beard, I feel a lot better, and it's because like kind of realized that if I wish I had the confidence back then when she said that to me, because I didn't realize like she was always wrong. If you love yourself, then there's always going to be someone that loves you. But I didn't love myself at the time. Okay, so she was right for years and years and years. I just kept it that, and then it just became like a thing that I didn't want to get rid of because I had held on to it. For so many years, so I needed that, yeah, to to get rid of it. I, I, okay, I, but, I thought, but what about my needs, Neil? <laughs> I still, I, I still, okay, that's great and everything, but hi, <laughs> I still think it looks cool. I I like having a beard. I think it's pretty pretty cool looking. I like the long beard, like because I, yeah. I look different. But I also, yeah, I func- it, but- functionally, it doesn't work for me as well as short hair and a short beard, just because like if I'm like I want to do things on TV, then I'm very limited as to like the roles Makes I can sense. do. Right. No, I, 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 I 100% get that. And I, I love that I now know the explanation behind it. Um, yeah, but it wasn't like Jonathan, like I mean, people get mad at him, but he didn't like make this unilateral decision. Like I'm going to cut your hair. Right. And even the producer said, if you don't want to cut your hair or beard, we don't have to cut it. We'll just trim it up and then you can be on your well, way. Well, that's the smart thing that's to awesome. do, right? Because yeah, yeah. you don't want somebody coming off the show really fucking bitter. Yeah, they, ne- they, right? never, they never forced it. But he was, you know, one of the first people to actually listen as to why I had it and then talk to me about like, this is kind of like what you need to do to kind of move forward and like, uh-huh. you know, feel better. But and like, that's the thing with him. Everything he tells you, you feel better about yourself because he just genuinely loves and cares for people. Aww. So when he's, Telling you these things, it's not like a guy that's trying to build you up for like a good TV moment. I don't think he cared about that, right? As much as he cared I'd about, love to hear that. Yeah, I, he because the cameras weren't on, like he, right. They weren't recording. We were just sitting there outside talking, right? You know, Aww. and that's the, the crazy thing. We recorded hundreds of hours of for footage, and that was like a, you know, it was just us talking. And I didn't even know he was gonna be the guy cutting my hair until right before. He did it. You does know, he I, always? Right. Okay, sorry, I'm showing my queer eye ignorance. No. Does he? Is he always the one that cuts the hair, or does sometimes he, he bring people in or goes to a salon or whatever? It depends on the episode. On okay. mine, he cut my hair. Yeah, but I remember other, that. Other, some of the other episodes, other people yeah, cut the hair. But true. he's like a like in Hollywood, people pay him a lot of money to cut hair. Yeah, he's like okay. well known, and he did uh, Game of Thrones, which uh-huh. is like the, where he cut hair and then talk about Game of Thrones. But yeah, he's really good at what he does, and he but he's just really good at listening and talking, and so he's such a sweet loving guy like i mean i don't know it just felt natural because and i think it was better because the cameras weren't on if the cameras were on i don't know if i would have trusted right you know what he was right, saying right. that much but because they weren't on they never they didn't capture any of that stuff well a, a quick happy birthday to him by the way it's oh, his yeah. birthday yeah. today happy birthday jonathan, jonathan Ness. Ness, that will never listen to this <laughs> <laughs> um you never know yeah, yeah, yeah. but i love no i love that and now i feel kind of like an asshole for doing you know like several feel- instagram stories about why the fuck did you cut your hair <laughs> already well that's the thing is like you're not a lot of people have said that you know they're like well, you should just and i i used to wear my hair up in a man bun and it was so fun. hot but it's just it's it was just a lot you know and it was also like it, i it it brought like a lot of negative connotations to me because like then I people think just judge yeah. you as like a certain thing because of it. And it's like, right. sometimes it's harder. Sometimes I don't want to be that. Well, you did mention, I remember you said airport security didn't like it very much. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's I their mean, fucking was, problem, yeah, but I'm, I get I'm, it. I'm TSA pre-check. And when I had the longer hair, 
and longer beard, I still got set aside Good and checked. Grief. And I'm TSA pre-checked. So I'm like, I am global. So I should be able to go in and out. Yeah. No problem. But it was always a thing, you know, certain yeah. airports, they would just sit there and like frisk me down in front of people. Oh my and like, God. it's just really, that's really awful. Actually. Yeah. That's awful. Um, okay. Well, that was my major question. I <laughs> that's the end answer. of the podcast, guys. That's and all so she really wanted to know. Uh, I mean, how do you feel that your time on the show has, has helped you going forward? I mean, it's been a while. It's been a while. We filmed uh, about 18 months ago. Okay. Um, it aired just a year ago. Uh, basically, it's been crazy. I mean, since it aired, it's been nuts. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, a lot has changed as far as like, I mean, not just looks and right. Yeah, I got Instagram follow. Who cares? Uh, I just like well, you are verified. You're I'm verified. Instagram. I am verified now, guys, which means absolutely nothing. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> uh, Rocky cares. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know. I think for me, the this whole past year and a half has been just more like an emotional kind of journey and the show is like what started it Mm -hmm. it gave me like a clean break from everything else in my life and it gave me a clean break from like i was in this kind of on again off again toxic kind of relationship Mm -hmm. yeah and you know this after filming the show i never saw her again like it was like this thing of where like the show just gave me like a reason to be like dude look in another direction yeah you know you don't have to change your life. You just look, turn your head somewhere else yeah. and start heading that direction versus this direction. Yeah. I like really love to hear this because on some, and, and queer eye, you know, I'm going to admit it. I've only seen Neil's episode, but like, you know, <laughs> how, like, some episode. of these quote unquote, and I don't know if you'd call this a reality show. I guess so. Right. Yeah. But like some of these shows, it's like kind of a sham, right? Like some of the like sure. house hunter shit and like, you know, like the all or that like, stuff yeah. that I watch, like as a designer, I don't watch it actually. But like you read about it and you're like, these people yeah. had already picked out their house and it's just kind right, of like you're going right. back through. So this was like, I mean, I know TV, you have to do certain things, but like this was a real super experience. Like this was a real experience for you. Like It was, it was very real and very uncomfortable yeah. and very jarring to my system. And they knew it was going to be that way because they had talked to my friends and stuff. So they knew about, I didn't know what they had talked about with my friends. Okay. I just assumed that. Like when they were interviewing my friends, they I gave them like five to ten people okay. to interview. Uh-huh. Uh, I just assumed they're going to be like, "Why do you think Neil has a beard? And what do you think he would look better? Right, with, right. With and why do you think he's got dog hair everywhere? Like that kind of stuff." I thought uh-huh. it was going to be very superficial stuff, and I was like, I didn't know what show they were making because it was the first season, so like, right. right. We're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants and didn't have the the hype behind it. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, people now that are on the new season, they they saw the old, like they know what the kind of show. Like mm-hmm. we didn't the first two seasons, we didn't know what was going yeah. on. It was just like right. They just told us that we wanted they wanted us on the show. And so the first day of like interviews, uh, it's like before they really start filming each other, like a day of interviews. Like I think the first question they're going to ask me is, "What's your design style and what kind of haircut do you want?" So I went up, stayed up all night on this making this Pinterest board. It was like very complex. I had like a lot of links, and I was like mid-century modern, but a little eclectic. I got like a whole thing going. I had all these haircut styles that I kind of like. Okay. You know, some had long hair, some had short hair. And the first question they ask, and the first thing they say is, "So we interviewed all your friends, and we found out a couple things. Number one." None of them know each other. And I was like, okay. okay. And they go, number two, all of them call themselves your best friend. I go, that's by design. Because I, I had everything so separate in my life that I gave them people that all thought they were my best friend yeah. and had never met each other. And they, they go, and the third thing we kind of realize is that all of them feel like they've been trying to get close to you 
trying to connect to you for years, but they just feel disconnected and they feel like you're always there to support them, Mm -hmm. but you're never going to reach out to them. And they've kind of gotten to the point now of like not giving up, but they just feel frustrated. How do you feel about that? I'm just like panicked because I'm like, what? show is this like what are you guys doing right, i'm right, like i right. just have pinterest i thought boards. we were just gonna cut yeah, my hair yeah. and redecorate I can't my apartment put my emotion on a pinterest board and now no. like it was jarring <laughs> to me because uh, you know the, the they're like what did you think and the first thing i was like well all my friends have blabber mouths apparently because like i i thought they were just gonna tell like superficial nice things about me and they did say nice things about me but they went really, really deep. So before the show even started, they knew more about me than I thought they did. Right. And I always pride myself on being like a private person that no yeah. one can figure out. And they kind of figured me out. And it was kind of uncomfortable because you're, I was like forced to like see that my ruse wasn't as elaborate and Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. complex i thought it was because they figured me out pretty quickly and so that was like the whole first part of the show like i was like legit uncomfortable and a little upset because i didn't realize like that was what was going on right yeah. and then my natural reaction was just to fight it and to make jokes and but also just be like annoyed you know i was yeah. like a little annoyed because i i just it was a big change for me. it was like emotional boot camp and i didn't think i needed it or really wanted it yeah. Your friend, was it your friend that kind of, yeah, the one that, yeah, yeah kind of looks like Derek Jeter. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, <laughs> yeah, for the purposes of the show, he submitted me, but the, they had found me before that. Okay. And, so like, and then they, they, they knew Ben was my best friend. So they're just okay, like, okay, like, okay. No one actually like wrote in an application that oh. submitted me. They just found me randomly. I was doing comedy and then they oh. started talking to me after the show. And then I became friends with the producer. Okay. Yeah. Super nice lady. And like, we, like she kept trying to get me to do like a preliminary interview. And I was like, I don't want to be on a reality. Like I didn't. Right. I I just thought it was going to be lame. Yeah. And then, and finally, like I was just like in such a weird spot where I was like, Oh, I just come over. We'll talk for a little bit. Okay. But we had already become like friendly and friends at that point. And she was such a sweet, everyone on that show is so like genuinely warm and caring. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, I really do. From like the producers down the Fab Five, even like it was just such a weird experience to have people like, it didn't feel like we were making a TV show. They were just hang. I was just hanging out with people that were interested in my life. And I hadn't had that in a long time. And I was going through all that stuff where I was like, I just finally had an outlet. It was like a safe outlet because those people didn't know me. Right. Yeah. So when I'm doing all these preliminary interviews, I'm like actually talking to them about real things and things that are bothering me. And yeah. things like, and that's what I think was kind of cool for me. It just made it like a super real experience. Like very rarely yeah. did we talk about like my beard or hair. That was like right. the, the smallest part of that. All the preliminary interviews. Okay. Was the I love stuff. that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, do you feel like now that, that has that helped your friendships? Um, I mean, absolutely. I mean, my friendships are way better. I have newer friends. I've, I'm closer with my friends that I had before. I'm way more appreciative of them. You know, they were, they stuck by me for years and years. Yeah. And yeah. I was like a closed off kind of person. And I was super loyal. Like I would do anything for my friends. I always listen to them taking all their problems. But I would never give anything back as far as myself. Right. To a lot of people. So, yeah, it's definitely helped with all that. That's awesome. Excuse me, yeah. I'm really I do. sorry I did those fit Instagram videos. <laughs> you don't have to be sorry. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I was just trying to look cute so you would notice me really. But... <laughs> the girl with a wedding ring and a child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> she did say she would leave her husband for you. I think she did, did say, I say that? that. You definitely said it. There's a podcast to prove it. No, I wanted to. I might have said that. You yeah, might have said I that. I might have said that. Um, 
Okay, was your shoe game that strong before Tan France got a hold of you? Or no, was it I mean I would wear the same. I would buy a pair of shoes. Okay, and like the the guy you saw at the beginning of the show was like I would wear the same pair of shoes uh-huh. and the same jeans and the same shirt. It was like the hobo Steve Jobs. Like I would wear like the same thing every single day because it was just easy. I would wear it probably for like a month straight, uh-huh. and then I would kind of change one thing. I wouldn't get new shoes, but I would be like, okay, I'm going to wear gray jeans instead of black jeans, and then okay. just switch out the jeans and yeah. then do that for another month. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to wear like a black t-shirt instead of a gray t-shirt, and then switch that out. And then like I was just super simplistic. Every now and then I would dress up and whatever, but for day to day stuff. No, I was. Well, they say this. What Steve Jobs said he did. The, I mean, just to interject, Steve yeah. Jobs yeah. did say that he did that, right? To just keep that, yeah. like, yeah, and, yeah. and Mark Zuckerberg yeah. does it too. Like, just yeah. keep, but, keep it simple. But for me, it was. It wasn't just to keep it simple. It was also because I just genuinely didn't care. I, it was like my I level. Get you. Self, it's it was a like different a level, thing. Yeah. It's a different reason. Yeah, I mean, now, like, I still like I still wear the same thing for a couple days in a yeah. row. But like, I it's nicer things, right? Yep. Right. And then I'll just switch a couple things up every now and then. I just switch things up more. I got more options. Yeah. But I don't mind wearing the same thing two, three days in a row. And people are like, you wore that yesterday. I, go, I don't care. Like, yeah. Oh, I do that, too, because I see like different like I don't go to like an off. Like, yeah, I mean, I know same. you don't either, but yeah. like none of us go to like an office right, right. so like honestly like you i gotta totally have different recycle. meetings with different people and yeah. like like nobody would know that i've wore that yesterday right yeah you and, know and, and if so, someone does know as i wore i'm like i don't i honestly don't doesn't care matter. like yeah it's not gonna make me feel bad i'm not this fat i'm not supposed to be a fashion guru i'm just trying to be comfortable yeah and sometimes i don't want to think about what i have to wear yeah. so i just wear what i know i like yep and it might be this a staple especially in the winter time it's always like jeans some sort of sweater, you know, and a jacket. It's like, it's whatever. And so I, I don't, I don't know. People put a lot of weight into it, but no, I mean, yeah. tan's definitely, it was not just tan, but just all the guys, like just, you don't have to spend hours a day doing anything. You yeah. just, I mean, I spend like five minutes extra getting ready and then that's yeah. it. So, and once you just do it day in and day out, like just making my bed is something I started doing this past year, which uh-huh. I never did before. That makes a huge Huge difference. Now, I, I don't do it, it every day. I made, my, I made my bed every single day for like the past eight does months. Does it? Seriously. Like, I'm Change. not joking. I've written like when I did a design blog, which never went anywhere because I stopped after two things. <laughs> but like one of my um, first blogs was like about what the difference that making your bed makes in your life. Yeah. And that sounds so ridiculous. No, but it's true, though. But like you just feel like things are a little bit more together yeah. and like. For me, and like I actually like when I went to go get in bed at night, I felt a little bit more relaxed. You feel way, wasn't... you feel way more calm, yeah. and then you don't. If someone's coming over, you don't have this anxiety like, oh, yeah. I gotta get, I gotta straighten things up yeah. and get things ready, and like yep. throwing things in your closet, getting the bed made. You know, hold on, don't like it, yep. just. And I don't know. And having a dog, it's like one less thing to think about. And I just like coming home from when I do tr- like comedy road gigs. I like coming home to like a maid bed Absolutely. in the like, yep. room now and like, i never would have done that before the show i'd go like a year without ever making my sure. bed yeah so well i remember the the amount of dog hair that you had like i mean so now do you still use your little roomba thing use my little roomba i mean i do sweep up too i mean the roomba is great but you have to use it like every single day and if right. you skip a day then the dog because i have a husky so the hair just goes up. Yeah. yeah but i mean it's definitely helping for sure yeah i i just my whole routine is different and like obviously for the show like they focused in on like the patches of dog hair that were like it wasn't it was bad yeah. but you know i also didn't clean right before people came over right, right, right. For, for the filming but like it was bad but no all it is is like the whole 
kind of mantra of the show is like just little maintenance every single day. Yeah. Yeah. So like every single day before I, I go to bed, I just tidy up the kitchen, you mm-hmm. know, do a little quick sweep up five, 10 minutes max. And then yep. that's it. Ladies. And you still, I think I, I might mean, good God, <laughs> what the fuck? Neil. Um, I mean, but it's also like, you know, it's the cool thing about the show is like, I've kept in touch with all the dudes. Yeah, I know. You know? I, so, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And like, so not just like, I don't text Tan like, Hey Tan, what do you think I should wear today? Like I, right. like, we text like real stuff. And I text with Jonathan a lot of stuff, especially when I'm feeling down. Like Jonathan's a great Aww. person to talk to. Bobby is also awesome. Bobby will FaceTime me. You Bobby's know, like, literally my dream. Best yeah. Friend. He's, he's like, they're all, all the dudes are great. You know, and I, and I keep in touch with all of them because it's just like, it's just nice to know that it wasn't a TV show for me. Right. I love right. that. It seems like they stay really involved in everybody's lives after. I mean, uh, on some level. A hundred percent. It's so weird that I can call, like, I was visiting New York and randomly I just, I, I didn't know Anthony and John that were going to be there, but they just got back from Japan. I was like, hey, dude, I'm just going to be in New York. And he's like, hey, man, come to, I'm doing this like, one man show, come to my show. And like, yeah. Jonathan's like, hey, you got to come to Anthony. We, and like, we'll, we'll hang out after. Like, it's just weird that they're it's not just like they're these larger than life characters for everyone else but for me they're just like these dudes yeah yeah that's so sweet well neil you were a larger life larger than life character for me and now you're in my basement (laughs) now now i'm I'm almost dating Gigi hadid so it's like so oh my god right i don't know what i've got to that name dropper there that's the only name i can drop is like on my shit list right now because that's like a next level man away from me but yes mm-hmm. no you did meet Gigi Hadid Wait, and she which, knew exactly which man this man what which man is she taking away from you that one oh okay she's, okay she's I'm like, like this guy Neil <laughs> this guy Neil Reddy <laughs> we're dating he's in my basement <laughs> oh, oh oh right 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 right, right. Uh, I'm sorry okay. we're in the so, basement of no I'm just kidding <laughs> no, I, but my, that was that like did you know like when you met Gigi Hadid like she's was, a big fan of yours right it was so it was a crazy so I was at Anthony's one man show okay called anthony and friends i was just hanging out backstage anthony was on the stage doing his thing it's like it's like a comedy kind of q a kind of thing it's real funny okay and this girl walks in and i here's the thing i don't know people and she just walks in and i see her and i just like introducing myself to anyone that comes in yeah and anthony's on stage so i'm like hey uh my name's and she's like i know you are you're neil i'm a big fan of this episode of your episode and i'm like oh cool this girl's super thirsty no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't think that she was. She was no. I didn't think that. I don't know. She was just so sweet, you know. And she gave me a hug, and she said her name, and I kind of like picked up on it, but I didn't really pay attention. She just said her first name, and then we're just hanging out. And she was talking about going to an escape room later, so I'm like, I'm like an escape room nerd, so I'm like telling her about all my escape room experiences, Tricks, yeah, yeah and experiences, and like what are the, some of the good ones and whatever. We're just hanging out, chilling. She was like so genuinely sweet to me. I just thought she was like a normal person, and. uh Anthony does this gag where he's like, hey, I'm thirsty. Can one of you guys bring me a bottle of water? And then she's like, oh, I got to go on stage real quick. So she just goes on stage, hands him a bottle of water, no introduction. And then right when she walks on stage, I mean, every person in the audience erupted into screaming, like Beatles, like screaming. I'm like, what is going on? Who is this water girl? Well, why is she? Why is this? The water girl. Yeah. Why? And then so she she comes back. I'm like, okay, what was her name? What was her name? Her name was Gigi. So I just Googled famous Gigi's and then she (laughs) pops up. I'm like, oh, cool. How famous is she? 46 million Instagram followers. And this nerd is talking about escape rooms with her. Had no idea. But because 
I didn't know. And she was just like, a, she was so nice to me. I just thought, I was like, she's just a normal. She probably really liked I, that. Yeah. I like she that probably so liked it. She was just having like a I'm really sorry. nice, cool, regular yeah, conversation and we're just, with and you. And we're chilling. Yeah. And um, like, she's talking to other people and we're just chilling. But she wasn't like, I don't know. In my head, I think someone like that's going to come in, not talk to anyone. Yeah. Right. You know, and like only if you're a certain level of fame, they're going to be nice to you all this stuff but it was just like she was literally just engaging with people and yeah. just being cool i love like, that yeah i, I only actually really she was know so nice i didn't think she was famous if that makes sense yes like it was no really, it does. Yeah. i've had an, I had an experience like that with um i mean not Gigi hadid obviously but uh with um the the frontman from uh the fray isaac slade is his name by the way and like we're talking and he says his name i was like well that sounds fake uh, like, I know. Isaac Slade. Like that's I was like, that sounds made up, but okay. And yeah, I come to find out it was just, you know, the lead singer of the fray. I'm so like, I had this okay. too. <laughs> Fine. So we're in Nashville, right? So like you never know, like when you go over somebody's yeah. house, like you, you never know, oh, right? Yeah. Like who's gonna be there, uh-huh. who their friends are, whatever. And um so one of my uh one of our friends from my daughter's school, we went over to their house and um, I'm just sitting there talking to this guy and his wife and um, they're really, really nice. And I'm digging like hanging out with them. And um, they're like, oh, well, let's, you know, f- connect on Instagram. Right. So stay in touch or whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, OK, cool. Um, so I find her and I follow her. She goes, we well, need to follow Craig, too. And I'm like, oh, OK. She's like, yeah, it's Craig Wayne Boyd. And I'm like, OK. I was like, oh, Craig, that's so cool. You were on The Voice. He goes, I won The Voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, you just say that right here. Congratulations. Good Glad for, see good for you. For you. <laughs> good for you. I would be like, bro, talk to me when you're an American Idol. Yeah, right? I should have <laughs> right? said that. Um, I don't know. I don't watch The Voice. So like, what can I say? But um, they're really nice people. I and I enjoyed hanging out with them. And um so, but I, you know, it's just funny when that happens. I yes. Guess, right. Cause I think, I don't know if they're used to like people like being like, oh my God, and freaking out. Or, it made it, it made it easier for know? me because if I knew who she was, oh, she's the number one or two supermodel in the world. Right. I think I would have been a little nervous, intimidated. Sure. But she just looked like a, a, a attractive New York girl. Like there's yeah. a lot of attractive right. women in New York. She just looked right. like one of them. You right. Know? Yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't put it in my head that she was like the super famous person. That's so but, funny. Yeah. I mean, the subject matter, I would not have been talking escape rooms with her for sure. (laughs) Right. But I I love that. I think that's so charming. I love that. I love this whole story. It's so cute. I know. It's really cute. Um, It was so funny because I I told my parents about it, you know, and uh I was like, and my dad is just, he's hilarious. He just sent back the poop emoji. It's just like a joke. (laughs) Yeah. And then my mom's first like response was, is she single? And I knew that was coming. So this. I'm like, mom. <laughs> this is a real thing with your mom, right? Because yeah. we saw it. We, we, you know, you yeah. talked about it on the on the show, and then you've talked about it in your um, stand up routines. So, like, your mom is just really out to like get you hitched. No, but it's just like it's like a running joke kind of thing. Oh, like, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, th- okay. Now, think I'm older. She's like, I think she's given. Okay. Up. <laughs> she got two out of three of my siblings. Okay. You know, they're married with okay. normal careers, normal people, and they have two kids, yeah, two boys uh-huh. each. So it's like. She's good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Other, okay. yeah. She I feels mean, pressure's good. off now. Yeah, and like another year, she'll probably feel pressure me again, and I'll tell my sister to pop out another child. And oh. all, all will be good. Yeah. For Are you the oldest or the youngest or middle? Middle. Okay. So right there, yeah. How has the the shit like has, how has the show affected your dating life now? Has that changed anything? Yeah, it's like made we're, it. Yeah, better. we're dating. <laughs> it's made it better. I mean, <laughs> obviously, I'm dating Gigi Hadid right now. So yeah. It's, like it's, Wait, it's gotten a so little bit better. It sounds like things are going really well for you. It's gotten. 
don't I hope that's people are gonna take that clip and be like, <laughs> Neil, delusional, we're gonna take that clip. Okay, delusional that guy thinks he's. I'm, I'm not I'm kidding. Two things: Neil is not dating Gigi, and Neil is unfortunately not dating me. We'll clear that up. That's the end of the dating discussion. Um, it's made it better and worse at the same time. It's like uh-huh. I'm very busy now because uh, this show has given me a lot more opportunity to do other things. So and my schedule is like just terrible. Mm-hmm. This made it worse. It's also made it better in the sense I have way more options mm-hmm. than I didn't have before. Right. Uh, it's made it slightly worse in the sense that I think some people see the TV show and think that that's the exact, I'm the exact, like there's nothing else to me besides that. And that's right. all they want to kind of focus on. Right. right. So I don't know. It's just made it more complicated. I don't, I don't know if better or worse is this thing. It just made it more complicated. I wondered if you would get like a bunch of like opportunistic people that would try to, you know I what I mean? I've definitely gotten a few, but okay. I mean, it's like, and I get like so many people, I don't want to say like, you know, hit me up by social media, which is cool, but I try to only respond. If people talk about like depression or something serious or how it affected their life in like a positive, right. I'll try to respond to that. But if someone's like, hey, are you dating someone? I try not to respond to that because it's just like, there's more to life than that. And that's like, sure. uh, there's like a better way to go around it. And I don't, I've also never been the kind of guy that's like, yeah, I'll just go on a date with you. Like I like just getting to know someone first and I then sure. doing something. So it's like never been my style. But yeah, I mean like people come to me with something real. I'm just giving away, but I'll try to respond as much as possible as long as I don't get like overwhelmed. But like sometimes if I don't respond for a couple of days, it just gets buried. So I, right. That makes sense. Yeah. And you're, I mean, you're a big mental health advocate too, I feel like. Um, now I am. I was not before, but the, that's another thing the show has helped me with is become like more like open about things that I was going through. Cause like, I mean, honestly, like, when I gave that speech on the show, like I didn't expect to do that. Like, yeah, they didn't, they kept su- surprising me on the show because they knew I was like a guy that would plan everything. Right. So, yeah. Like, I thought, and I, I just hadn't watched the show. So I thought for sure, like, the Fab Five would be at my party. Right, right. So I, the night before, I wrote this hilarious, it was so funny speech, where I was basically making fun of the Fab Five, making fun of myself. It was like this whole joke thing, because I thought I was going to I was gonna give a speech in front of everyone yeah. at the party, yeah, and I was right. going to be real funny, like I always am. And then, <laughs> like, 10 minutes before we filmed that last scene, they're like, okay, we're going to sit you guys on the couch, and then you guys just talk. And I'm like, okay, cool. And they're like, this is be the last time you see the Fab Five. I'm like, oh, they're not gonna come back for the party right. later. And they're like, no, this is like this is it, man. Like we're gonna film this, and then they're going. Like they're gone. Like we, they literally leave, you know, and they're just gone. You don't get to text them or whatever. Yeah. Aww. And so I didn't know that. And so like that's why like right before the thing, I'm just like trying to think of like should I, should I do the funny speech? Should I do it, and I I just winged that. Yeah. Serious speech, but like that was the first time I'd ever told people like I was going through a bad time right. before that, you know? Yeah. But I didn't mean to. It was just the whole week was like emotional boot camp and that yeah. was like the culmination, culmination of, of yeah. it. Yeah. And it was it made more sense like it that was me speaking more truth, you know, versus trying to cover it up with humor. It, because like I don't know, the whole week, the whole environment was that was like the beginning of me just speaking that first truth was the right. first time I'd ever told anyone like, hey, I'm not feeling well or I wasn't feeling well. Yeah. Right. And then it was one of the first times I was like genuinely grateful. I was like, this is like, this is what happened that made me happy. Wow. So, so there's, um, 
I I bring this up because I have serious issues with it and she knows it. Like I don't like to be vulnerable to people. Yeah. I feel like as soon as I'm vulnerable, like I'm just, it's open, it's raw. Like you can, you can hurt me really badly. Mm -hmm. And I I don't mean to sound trite or cliche there, but that's just, that's just, that's just how I feel. Like I really, I try not, I don't like mushy things. I don't like, you know, I don't, I don't like to talk about that stuff, but, but I mean, meanwhile, I'm clinically diagnosed with anxiety and depression. right? Right. So it's like, um, it's it's a constant struggle for me to try to talk about those things. Um, so I get that it's very hard. It's ve- yeah, it's very hard. I think like you know, with me, I just become so ingrained in not telling people. Like yeah. I dated a girl for years, for years, and then it wasn't until afterwards that I said something about being depressed. She's like, "I never knew you were depressed." Yeah. Because I kept that you're you can be a high functioning depressed yeah, person. Yeah, I kept that life completely separate Same, from, yeah, from everyone. Absolutely. And you so, sounded a lot like me in the the compartmentalizing of your yeah, your mm-hmm. emotions. It's just and, the easiest thing to do. And I and you know I sleep four hours a night, four and a half hours a night. So I spent a lot of time alone anyway. So it's right. like I, it was just easy for me. That's when I processed everything when I was by myself, mm-hmm. not in front of other people. In front of other people, I was a different. I was like a jovial like. I would go out for a little bit of time and just be the fun guy making jokes. And then I would just right. come back and then that's when it would mm-hmm. all hit me. So the show has been like, it really started the whole me just talking openly about mm-hmm. that because I did it. I, and I, when I first saw it, I was terrified. Like when I first watched the episode, I was like, Oh my God, like vulnerable. Yeah. 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 It's like someone had written like a thing, like Neil, the depressed, uh, tech guy from Atlanta. I was like, Oh my God, everyone's going to think I'm just sad. Like, and right. I was like exposed Yep, and yeah. I exposed myself. It wasn't the show that exposed me. I did it because right. I had a choice not to do that. Yep. And I, it just didn't. I just didn't think otherwise. You know, I was just speaking from my heart. Right. When I was talking to those guys because we had spent so much time talking off camera and yep. that stuff. And like, yeah. And so since then, I've just been trying to be like trying to force myself into being a little more open because now I have a bigger platform. Not that more people will come give me sympathy because I don't want that, but I have a bigger platform. So if I do post something about being vulnerable it people can take that and it helps more people you know what i mean like it before. does no it so, absolutely does yeah i've just been trying to like force myself into like not just posting jokes like if you feel it doesn't have to be sad every single day but if you feel a certain way acknowledging that and let other people know so when people see my page they don't just be like this guy's so funny he's got the greatest life he got made over by queer eye it's all perfect because it's not all perfect you know but it's I not know, supposed right? to be perfect it's like a work in progress. And I just want people to know that, that that's like more important. Like don't strive for this perfect life kind of thing. Cause I did that for a long time. It's like, you're never, you're always going to be disappointed. Yep. Yeah. It's really, really bad. Uh, like, yeah. I, I, I never cried and cried. Like you saw in the, in the episode, like I almost cried, but I forced my tears back. Cause that's yeah. what I was used to doing for tw- almost 20 years. My dog died three years ago. That was the first time, only time I've cried in about 18 to 20 years. Yeah. And this past year I've cried a lot. Like I openly cried a lot because it's just all part of the process now. Because I had this shame behind crying. I was like, I have a horrible shame behind crying. I like for me to for someone to see me crying is like the worst thing that could happen to me. Like I don't cry, and I I I, even when I'm alone, I try not to cry because I feel it feels very weak to me. That's not correct. That's wrong. Crying is not a sign of weakness. But that's how it feels to no, me. No, I mean, that's what it was for me. Because, like, I used to be a crybaby when I was younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and then, so I just shut it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, f- literally, I mean, I lost a cousin that was 13 months old. Wow. Didn't cry at her funeral as I was carrying her little casket. Uh, I wow. lost, I got a family member get murdered. Didn't cry at his funeral. So, like, mm-hmm. all all these things 
I used to think made me tough. Like I said, I'm a tough guy. Same, right? Yeah. But it, you're not tough. You're just shut off from things. In this past year, I've cried a lot, and I've just realized it doesn't it doesn't make you weak to cry. You need that. And like, I almost wanted to cry more, but I, and I feel weird because like I can't cry as much as I want to, and that's like because I blocked it off, mm-hmm. right, for so many years. Yeah, yeah. I I have, yeah. I have the same same thing. Um, it just and, and I've got to get through that too. I need the Fab Five. Yeah. You even shared on your Instagram a, a little video of you of you actually crying, which yeah. I I loved that you did that in the the post that you shared about that. Yeah, um, I think that's such a great thing that you've done because one, I mean, I think obviously people I think put pressure on men especially to not cry, you know. Right. And I love that you just publicly just put that out there, and I don't know, it, it just spoke to my heart, and I just. Yeah, thank, that. that makes me feel good. Thanks. Yeah, that was kind of the whole point of it was like, this is the emotion I was feeling. Yeah. And I don't post as much as I should, but do I post another joke or do I post something serious? Right. And it was like legit. And like that moment was sweet to me because I was like crying and then my dog came over and then kind of I like know. made me like present and be like, okay, it, you are in pain, you are hurting, but it's okay, you know? Right. And so, yeah. And like this, this is the first time in my life that I've, started to go to therapy so that's awesome i've always been against therapy i thought therapy is for people that are weak and people would always come to me their problems so i was like i'm a therapist i don't need right right i can fix problems yeah yeah yeah. but that's like part of it's part of having like jonathan in my life too like he is like a big advocate of that and he talks openly about like mental health and and Mm it's like just having a few people that you feel safe and comfortable around that are like and he's super public and he's talking about this stuff and talking about going to his therapist and like so i feel less ashamed about it yeah you know? so like i i mean i would spend years you know emailing therapists and like setting up appointments and canceling them I did that for years yeah. and this was the first year i've actually been like i'm gonna go to a therapist and i'm not gonna judge it i'm just gonna go see yeah. if it's for me you know and it was it is for me and that's i think part of that's why i was crying is because like there's this thing that happens in therapy when you go and things are like really, really good. And then you kind of like hit this crash because it's kind of like overwhelming yep. mm-hmm. to your system. Yep. And that's kind of what happened to me. It was like, you know, all these things were going well, going good. And I just kind of crashed. It was like the first time in a long time I experienced that kind of like progress and emotion. And so yeah. there's always got to be like a balance, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah. That's interesting. I went to, um, I've been to many therapists over the years and I feel like I just keep quitting them, right? Like I just, right. you know, oh, because they're this, they're that. I don't know. I remember I quit one one time because he, act, like, I actually cried when I came home from the appointment. And right. I had never done that with any other therapist. Right. And I quit him because I'm like, God, that was really harsh. And I don't want to cry. Why would I cry after yeah, therapy? And, and I'm right. like, looking back, I'm like, that was probably the best therapist I had out of right. the bunch because he really, like, made me, like, I feel like I've had a lot of therapists sit there and just try to be my friend. Right. And, yeah. and, and I I know they're not all like that. There are some amazing therapists yeah. out there. Yeah. And it's but, important to find a therapist that works yeah. for what you're going through. Absolutely. And it's okay to like kind of bounce around. I did yeah. my research and like I have very specific things. Yeah. It's not just, it's not like this generalized depression. It's very specific things. Okay. That I was looking for in a therapist and very specific tactics, you mm-hmm. know? Okay. Like I don't, I'm not really a big medicine guy. So, okay. and, and there's a type of therapy that works better for me. And so, I found a therapist that was like good for that. And like, it's okay. You just, it's like, you got to find the you right do, mechanic. You, you got to find the right person to fix and sometimes your shit. It takes shit. a long yeah. time to yeah. find that person. But, um, and it's but, hard not to give up during the process. Like I'm speaking from experience, obviously, but yeah. And it's a, it's a real, it's a, it's, a, it's always going to be a rough process. Cause I think Will Smith said this quote, it's like everything you've ever wanted 
is on the opposite side of fear. Yeah. So if you feel like so a true. resistance, it's that it's always a sign that you're doing kind of the right thing. Yep. Like there's a guy that writes this book. It's called the uh, the War of Art, not the Art of War, but it's called the War of Art. And oh, talks, I was like, you uh, have that backwards. No, no, no. no. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's called the War of Art. It's about creative and like battling resistance. Okay. And stuff. But he mm-hmm. talks about like everything that you want to do that's easy, sitting on the couch, not doing your workouts, all that stuff is like the easy path. Everything that you need to do in life is going to take some sort of resistance or fear. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's how you know you're kind of on the right path. You yep. Know? No, I'm with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I think it's it, it's so rewarding when you do start to put your yourself out there like you have with, you know, with your struggles with depression. I know I've personally, I'm a suicide survivor and um, I have... And that was such a hard thing for me to to actually admit to anyone, right? Um, let alone publicly. But I know when I did, it's it's amazing how many people say "me too," and you know, and making those connections with other people, and then it does kind of take that that whole stigma off of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And you learn how many people really are struggling with those issues just all the time. Yeah, and you also learn how many people are genuinely there for you and not yes. afraid of the fact that you're going through this stuff and also you know are almost not hurt but like they feel sad that they couldn't be there more for you you know what i mean so absolutely that that's another thing i you know i've kind of learned is like everyone's going through stuff but mm-hmm. there's always people that are going to be there for you if you let them and yeah. i didn't let people be Same. there for me yeah i was you know i like i just recently wrote my i had to write it down but i wrote my brother and sister this long email basically detailing what I've been going through my whole life as far as mental health and depression and you know anxiety and Mm -hmm. and all this stuff and it was so crazy because I thought for sure they'd be like what are you talking about man you know but they were just so genuinely caring it's like I just Indian people have a weird thing with mental health anyways like and just sickness they just kind of brush it off it's like a thing we don't want to talk about Mm -hmm. at all and but they were just so but it just goes to show that people will surprise you you know, and then my sister said something. She's like, I knew you were going through all this, but every time I tried to like talk to you about it, you'd push me away and cut me off. And mm-hmm. so I just learned to accept this, that it was never going to happen. And she's like, I'm so glad that it finally, this finally did happen. That's amazing. So I, I'm assuming that y'all's relationship is yeah, greatly cl- improved yeah. and you guys are. Uh, yeah. And I think with all my friends, it's gotten better just because I'm, I'm not. I'm I'm still a private person. It's still weird for me to tell people everything, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to force myself to like talk to people mm-hmm. a, a little bit, you know, even if it's about a little things, you know, just trying to get in there, try and like, it's a process. It takes a long time. I spent 30 plus years doing the opposite. So it's not going to be right. This overnight. thing that just happens yeah. overnight, you know, no matter how powerful the show is, no matter how great things are happening. It just doesn't change that fast. Right. Well, I know, obviously, I, I mean, I haven't known you long and we've only just gotten to Yeah, you've only been out. stalking me for a couple of months. Yeah. So. <laughs> but we've Back only like, actually hung out now a couple of days in a row. But um, something I remembered from the show was how you were not big on physical contact and hugging, right. whatever. And so I just thought it was so great last night. You know, you greeted us with hugs and I was like, look at this. That was one of the things my therapist and I worked on was like, yeah. just in general, like... <laughs> I just didn't like hugging people. I also didn't like people touching me. Yeah. But sometimes it's not just about what you want. Sometimes people need a hug. Sure. If especially if they're feeling sad, you know, like they need a hug. And or if they sometimes it just a hug makes the other person feel better. Sometimes people don't like to be hugged and then I don't hug them. Right. But now, like we did this thing where like I think for the, for the first month I was with her, 
she forced me not forced me she gave me like a goal we set a goal i was gonna hug i think it was just like one person a day Mm -hmm. so seven people a week 30 people in the month basically okay i was gonna hug and so I, I did. I, I mean, the first day was weird. You know, I would just I'd find someone and hug them or like I'd find a friend and I'd greet them with a hug and they were just like, what's going on? Like, right. But I mean, it, <laughs> by the end of the month, it I stopped thinking about it as much because it just became a thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't put this weight into it that I had put for years and years and years. Right. And like and it wasn't that bad. It was a hug. Like, yeah. You know, it, am I working on my intimacy? Yeah, that's like one of the things we're definitely working on okay. is intimacy like i've always been fine with like sexual intimacy mm-hmm. but not like it just general right. intimacy so like it's it's always been like a weird kind okay. of thing for me okay but so yeah. now like so, so now I'm, I'm assuming obviously like hugs are just a very like normal part of your life now and it's not yeah they're they're more normal they're yeah. not i mean it's again it's not a hundred percent there's yeah. times where i see people and like i just don't hug them and i'm like ah you know i should have hugged them but i try like, ex- that's okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. especially but, like i'm meeting so many people now sometimes it's okay but like i just try in general i just try to push myself as little that's a little push you know it's a daily push out of my comfort zone to hug pe- to yeah. hug someone, you know, and like it was, it's weird. It, it does pay off because like we were doing this panel and Skyler. I don't know if you remember him from season two. Mm-hmm. He was, you don't remember because you've never seen it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a transgender dude from season two. Um, Hi, Skyler's awesome. Yeah, he's a sweet guy, and we were doing this panel, and he organized it, and he was getting like a little sad, and I was s- sitting next to him, and I didn't know I did it, but I put my arm around him, you know. And then I remember afterwards, someone was like, you're the only one that like, you know, comforted him when he was, and I was like, oh, I didn't even know. Like, so I, I want to get to that point in my life where I'm not thinking about it, you know, right, and, right. I, and not, not doing it because I'm like forcing myself to do it. So that's yeah. why the whole hug thing, like, I just try to like not think about it as much as possible. Yeah. You bringing up Skylar though, by the way, like, do you keep in touch with any of the other heroes from the show? Yeah. I mean, Skylar and I keep in touch a lot because we're buddies. Yeah. We've made like a genuine friendship from the show. And yeah. a couple of the guys I keep in touch with, uh, most of the other guys I don't talk to as much okay. though, but Skylar and William, um, will chat. And then, but Skylar is kind of like the glue that holds the majority of everyone together because he's the one that will organize stuff. Yeah. And he's the one that will put everything together. And he's the one that's like, yeah. And he's the one that's the most out there as far as like, uh, you know, using his platform for good because he's, you know, pushing transgender rights and, and fighting the Georgia court system. Mm -hmm. And he's doing like a lot of cool things. And so like, it's always good to be there for him. And like, you know, like he, he, we just text. So it's, it's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's like an easy, I gotta watch, I gotta watch that episode. Yeah. He's a sweet guy. I just need to watch queer. It's not like I fight against it. We went dancing at a lesbian club a couple weeks ago. It's just fun. That's so fun. Yeah. 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 But it's just, it's fun. Cause like, it doesn't feel for, you know what I mean? Like we just, we hang out. It's just fun. And like, it's also, he gives me access to like, the queer community as far as like it's such a warm and welcoming and inviting community and the show is giving me that like not past but like I feel what you know like exposed to them way more and it's great because like they're just it's one of the few groups of people that just accepts everyone right like I've always looked for that in life and so it's kind of cool you know and Skylar is like you know he's way into it he's way deep in the community so it's just nice to have like that other part of my life that I didn't have before, you know, I mean, I knew gay people, I was friends right. with gay people, but I didn't have that, that immersion into like, yeah, that. So, yeah. 
I love hearing that people are as cool as you think that they probably are, you know, and hearing that he's. Yeah. And I think that it's just the TV show. Like it's, you know, it is a TV show, but it's not like other reality shows and where they, they weren't negative as far as they weren't trying to pick on people yeah. and trying to put people, the whole point of the show. And this is what producers had to call me every single day and remind is like, we're trying to help you mm-hmm. and make you look good. Yeah. Like our goal is not to make you look bad. Cause I'll call and be like, this is, this is not going to work. I, I'm just going to look like an idiot. Like I, every single day <laughs> I would have a mini panic attack. And you know, it was like one of those things where like, we're trying to genuinely help you. And that's, I think cause the show came from such a loving place. Like it's, Everyone that you meet that's ha- that's related to the show, whether yeah. it's a cast member or another hero, you just have this weird connection because you know that no one else really knows like what the reality is there. That it yeah. was a genuinely deep thing. It's not like we were on a show where we're like we're fake working in a store, you know, just right. Right. We look There's it on a TV. greater purpose there than just yeah, a TV show, than yeah, just yeah. Making a TV. Show. I say that because I went to like that Uncommon James store yeah. in Nashville. Um, by Kristen Cavallari. I, I I was with one of my friend's girlfriends. She wanted to go. I just stood in the middle of the store and creeped everyone out. <laughs> they, like, they kept asking me if I needed help. And I was like, the way everything is, like everything is kind of around the sides. And I was just in the middle of this big store, just <laughs> staring off into space. I was oh like, now I'm fine. I'm not going to look at anything. Like, I really don't go to that store. So I've definitely never been to that store. I just have, uh, you know, I feel like I, I can't afford to walk Yeah, in there. but you know what? You can't afford Claire's. It's the same thing. It's the same jewelry. You can get at Claire's and like a mall. <laughs> I have and, like, no doubt. And, like a mall kiosk it's like literally no the same jewelry well, reminder we're never gonna have by the way Unco- Cavallari on this show Probably yeah, not. and, and Uncommon not. James is never gonna sponsor me now <laughs> or I'm, us I'm or shocked us. yeah, yeah I'm sh- oh. so shocked uh, uh, yeah no, I mean it's it's good quality stuff if you have a lot of money and that's it uh, <laughs> you have more money than sense perhaps uh, I don't know. You know? I, mean, just, I don't know. It just didn't seem like uh, if it's Claire's level stuff, then it yeah. just didn't seem like a wow, like wow factor. But I don't really know that much about ladies' jewelry. But like, <laughs> it just, I don't know. I just feel, these I, are from Target. So I, yeah, I just I feel like if who cares, you know? Like, right. I mean, exactly. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> like, there's some cool. Like, I have some jewelry that's like handmade by people. Like, right. and so that's like very awesome to yeah. me. Like, one a friend yep. or like just a cool local jewelry maker. Right. But other than that, I really don't fucking care where. Yeah, I, I also don't want to spend forty dollars on a candle like that's it's cool okay <laughs> well i might do that that's crazy <laughs> but i just feel oh. like you know what it's like if a candle like a really good candle what, how big is this candle is it the size of a coffee table then yes it, it depends it's worth 40 dollars. if it's just it's a candle that you can hold in your hand i know that might be a problem i have i do like i need a can no my, my huge pet peeves is when i buy a candle and it doesn't fucking smell when i burn it <laughs> not i burn here's here's when what I burn it. here's what you should save that candle money right so put it away and get a mac that can handle three microphones <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you know last night when one of the stand-up comedians did said that a little man with a in a suit should appear in front of me every day and tell me what yes. to do a little man ne- in a suit. little man in a suit. <laughs> why i gotta be little i'm five foot nine <laughs> Give me a break. Well, she didn't say little. I don't know why. I <laughs> but whatever. I just imagined a little. I don't man like the way you pointed it. at me either. Sorry. <laughs> this is very aggressive. Uh, uh, anyway, I'm sorry yeah. that I I referenced the fact that the recording didn't work earlier. I will never do it again. Oh, we don't care. It's fun. I mean, like, <laughs> we made fun of it for like the first ten minutes. It's, it's totally fine. fine. We don't care. We don't take ourselves too seriously. But obviously, because I suck at this. So (laughs) you can't take yourself that seriously (laughs) when you suck at it. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. We're making do. We're pushing through. We're doing really good. Um, 
So I know we, we don't want to keep you here all day. You but can keep me here all day. I mean, really? I've already we've already wasted the majority of my day, so it's fine. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, so we're doing a month of gratitude on our show right now, okay. and we're doing like a daily list of, of five things we're, that we're supposed to be for. doing. It. Yeah, you didn't do it because last night uh, Jen did it at the bar, and she didn't even do it. She just opened her phone. She goes, "I was supposed to do my list, <laughs> but I forgot," and then she just made a face, and then I was like, "That's not." The point of the experiment. hashtag apology. <laughs> yeah. I did do my list when I got home. Actually. You're crazy. I went to well, bed when I got I, home. Oh my god. Well, I did. Mel, I Mel did. had a lot of time because she took her an hour and a half to get home. It so took she, me a while. She, she had a lot of time to think about the far. list. <laughs> I love that you asked me to text you when I got home, though. That was so sweet. <laughs> That's oh, very nice. You weren't supposed to tell people that. You're not supposed to know I'm sweet. Oh, now he's embarrassed. No, it's oh, all right. no, he's a good oh, guy. No, he's he so is. Sweet. Absolutely. <laughs> so, in the spirit of that, can you tell us five things that you're grateful for today? You didn't give me any prep for this. No. Okay. Uh, That's the point. <laughs> one, I'm grateful for my mom's health. It's good now. Go ahead. Uh, I'm grateful for my dog. Forever. Forever. My dog uh, is amazing. Uh, I'm grateful that I'm on this podcast. Aww. Uh, I'm grateful that uh, I am practicing daily mindfulness, uh, like meditation, yeah. things like that. Uh, I'm uh, grateful. <laughs> uh, I'm grateful that I, I get to meet new people every day, whether it's like online or in person because of the show. That's mm-hmm. I, uh, That's awesome. Those are good things to be grateful for. What are you guys grateful for today? You were on my list for yesterday. Thank you for listening to part one of A Conversation with Neil Reddy. Part two will be available for download and your listening pleasure next Wednesday, April 10th. Like what you hear? You can download and listen to past and future episodes using Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Connect with the show using at your BFF pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also find Mel at Music City Mel and Jen at Cold Gen Time on Twitter and Instagram. Tweet along while you listen using hashtag your BFF pod. Any topic suggestions or feedback, email to your BFF pod at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for listening.